Hey, it's Pastor Mike. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and make it a regular part of your day, can I ask for your regular support? We really can't make any of our sermon series or devotions without the continual support of friends like you. Time of Grace, in case you didn't know, is 100% donor-funded, meaning it is your gifts that make it possible for us to use television and print and digital media to share the good news of God's amazing grace. Just click on the link in the episode notes, and thank you for all of your prayers and all of your support. God bless. We live in a post-truth society. What I mean by that is many people no longer believe that there is such a thing as absolute truth. And that idea is being reinforced by the abundance of fake news. I don't know about you, but I'm getting more and more fake news that's coming through my social media feed. It's no wonder that people struggle to believe that there's such a thing as absolute truth. Maybe that's how you look at Christianity. Maybe there was a time where you used to believe in absolute truth. In fact, you used to think that Christianity was the truth. But over time, you heard that the Bible's been discredited by science or that the Bible is not historically accurate. And so now you put Christianity in that category of fake news. If that's how you feel, I want you to know that Jesus is used to people being skeptical about him and his message. One day when he was preaching in a local synagogue, in the synagogue that that he grew up in, he opened up to the scroll of Isaiah and he preached a beautiful sermon explaining that he is the fulfillment of the scriptures. And this is how the people responded. It says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. And so the people saw that, that he had this wonderful message. But then it goes on to say that some of the people said, isn't this Joseph's son? In other words, why would we listen to him? We know his father. He is just the son of a carpenter. He can't be the Messiah. And so because of their preconceived biases, they discredited his message. I don't want that to happen to you. Maybe you've had so much fake news come at you that, that you've become maybe hardened or jaded or, or you don't want to listen to anything because you've been skeptical about almost everything. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Keep an open mind. Be open to the possibility that maybe Jesus is the truth. Now, for the rest of this week, we're going to talk about trying to find truth in a post-truth world. And we're going to talk about how you might figure out that Christianity is the truth. But before we can talk about anything else, you need to take this first step by just keeping an open mind. And if you do that, if you keep an open mind, Jesus might just change your life, not just for now, but for eternity. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to know if there's anything in this world that can be true, that, that, that's reliable. And so we're open. Lord God, teach us what is truth. Teach us if you're the truth so that we can follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. In 2009, best-selling author Dan Brown was interviewed by Parade Magazine and he was asked this question, Are you religious? And this is how he responded, I was raised Episcopalian and I was very religious as a kid. Then in 8th or ninth grade, I studied astronomy and cosmology and the origins of the universe. I remember saying to a minister, I don't get it. I read in a book that there was an explosion known as the Big Bang 
And here it says that God created heaven and earth and the animals in seven days. Which is right? Unfortunately, the response I got was, nice boys don't ask that question. A light went off and I said, the Bible doesn't make sense. Science makes much more sense to me. And I just gravitated away from religion. It really is unfortunate that that minister told Dan Brown that he shouldn't investigate Christianity. In fact, Dan Brown has gone on to write a book that many people say is one of the best-selling books in the history of the world, The Da Vinci Code, and, and many people look at that book as a book that challenges Christianity. And I wonder if one of the reasons he wrote that book is because of conversations like this. He got the impression that the faith of Christianity is not based on facts. This week we've been talking about living in a post-truth world and finding truth in a post-truth world. And we're really trying to figure out if Christianity is the truth. And one way that you can find out if Christianity is true is to investigate, is to do research. In fact, that's what one of the biblical authors, Luke, did. Now, Luke was a, a physician and he was a historian. And when he wanted to figure out if Jesus was the truth, he investigated. And we read about that at the beginning of his biography about Jesus as he's writing to the, the recipient of his book, Theophilus. And this is what he says at the beginning of his book in the Bible. He says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the beginning, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So when Luke wanted to find out if Jesus was the truth, he carefully investigated everything from the beginning. He, he talked to eyewitnesses and he gathered manuscripts and information and did research so that the recipient of this book, Theophilus, could be certain that he was getting the truth. I want to encourage you to do the same thing yourself. If you're skeptical about Christianity, investigate it. Do what, do what Luke did. Read the eyewitness accounts like Matthew and Mark and John. Many of these men gave up their life because they believed what they wrote. They believed that they saw what they wrote and they're willing to give up their life for it. Read the rest of the Bible and see how the whole Bible fits together in Jesus Christ. But don't just read things in the Bible. Do outside research. You could read what Josephus said. Josephus was an ancient historian, a Jewish historian that's actually he was a contemporary of Jesus and the apostles. And although he wasn't a believer himself, he testified to the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and even hints at the resurrection of Jesus and other events that are talked about in the New Testament. You could also read another ancient historian, Eusebius, who lived about the fourth century. He also did vigorous research, uh, researching eyewitness accounts and, and did other investigation about the early Christian church. Or you could read modern day authors who've done a lot of research like Josh McDowell or Lee Strobel. They go into great deal about all of the facts behind our faith. 
See, unlike what Dan Brown heard when he was a young boy, Christianity is a faith that you can investigate. You can ask questions. When you look into Christianity, you don't need to leave your brain on the shelf. You see, Christianity welcomes investigation, welcomes research, because the Christian faith is based on facts. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would open up resources and, and other ways for all of us to get to know you. We want to know you, the God behind the Bible, and we want to know if you are true. And so give us the, the opportunities and the resources to investigate who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. When I was at seminary to study to be a pastor, I would gather together with a group of friends in the dorm rooms and we would discuss topics that were important to us. I remember one day, one of our friends, he really dropped a bomb on us when he said, what if we're all wrong? What if we're following the wrong religion or what if there's no God at all? I mean, we're spending all this time and money and resources to, to become pastors, but what if we're all wrong? And then what if we're going to lead our congregations astray? There was a silence for a few moments. And then one of our friends, he, he spoke up and he said, you know, I've had those kind of doubts before, but whenever I have those kind of doubts, I ask myself two questions. I first ask myself, is there a God or isn't there? And then I look out at creation and I look at the created world and I look at how it's designed, how it's designed with intention and purpose and beauty. And I look at the human body and how the human body works together in so many different ways. And I'm convinced again that there is a God. And then I ask myself a second question. All right, so which God is the right God? And I think about all the major world religions and I ask myself, which of the major world religions have been able to predict the future and have been right? And I think about it and only Christianity has hundreds of prophecies and hundreds of prophecies have all come true, especially the ones in Jesus Christ. And in that moment, all my doubts seem to drift away. Over the past decade, I've thought quite a bit about that conversation and how helpful that's been to me. In this series, we're talking about finding truth in a post-truth world and we're trying to figure out if Christianity is true. And I think those two questions are a good place to start if you're trying to figure out if Christianity is true. In fact, the Bible itself encourages us to look at creation, to see God in creation it says that the heavens declare the glory of God, that creation itself is preaching a message about God's existence. And then you could ask yourself, all right, well, which God is the right God? And think about all the major world religions and ask yourself, which one predicts the future? In fact, the Bible itself encourages us to do that. God speaking through the prophet Isaiah says this, all the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right, so that others may hear and say it is true. So the prophet is saying, let's gather all the religions together, all the gods, and see which ones could predict the future and which ones we're right. 
Well, when you do that test, when you, when you compare all the world religions, only Christianity has been accurately predicting the future. For example, in the book of Daniel, it predicts the rise and fall of the major empires in history before they happened. The rise and fall of Assyria, the rise and fall of Babylon, the rise and fall of Persia, and then Greece, and then Rome. In the Bible, there's also hundreds of prophecies about Jesus, about when he would come, about where he would come, what family he would be born into, that he'd be born of a virgin, the kind of life that he would lead, how he would die, and even that he'd be raised to life. See, when you compare that with all the other world religions, it's not even close. But don't take my word for it. Do your own investigation. Compare Christianity with all of the major world religions. Compare which religion is accurate about human nature, about science, about history, and especially which religion has accurately predicted the future, has told the truth. And I think what you're going to find is that there is no other religion that can compare with Christianity. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. In your word, you have told us about the things that were about to happen in Jesus Christ, and all of them have come true in Jesus. And so lead us to be open to the truth that you want to reveal to us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Before I buy a car, I like to take it for a test drive. I'll even maybe invite a mechanic along to look under the hood and make sure the car is going to work right. I don't just want to listen to the salesman advice. I want, I want to try it out myself. That's the same thing when I, when I buy clothes. I don't just grab clothes from the store. I take them up and try them on. I want to make sure they fit right for me. Do you know you can do the same thing with Christianity? That you can take Christianity for a test drive, that you can try it on and see if it fits, see if it works. In fact, that's what Jesus encourages us to do. In one of his most famous sermons called the, the Sermon on the Mount, it's found in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, he ends the sermon by saying this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus says you can take his words and try them out. Put them into practice and see if they give your life a better foundation. And then when the, the, the troubles happen, see if you have a more solid foundation because you've put his words into practice. And I think one of the best ways that you can do this is just look at this sermon yourself. Look at his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7 and take his words and start trying them out for yourself. Try out what he says about being poor in spirit by repenting of your sin. See what he says and, and, and try out what he says about being generous and, and giving to the poor in secret or, or praying in secret, not to be seen by people. Try it out. Pray the Lord's Prayer and see what happens. Take Christianity for a test drive. 
Now, there's much more to Christianity than just this. Um, there, there's much more for you to learn and there's much more for you to believe. But if you're not ready to believe the whole thing yet, if you're not ready to get baptized and, and follow Jesus, and maybe you struggle to believe in, in all the different doctrines, at least take it for a test drive. And here's my prayer, that as you try out Christianity little by little, you're ready to buy into the whole thing. And you'll see that Jesus actually is the truth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would open up our eyes, you would send your Holy Spirit so that we could see that you are the truth. In your name we pray, amen. The house I grew up in was behind my high school. And so I grew up going to basketball games and other sporting events, but I always longed for the day that I would attend the high school and get onto the field and participate with the other players. Something similar happens with our belief systems and our, our Christian faith. There, there's a time that we might watch things from a distance, we might look at faith systems from the bleachers, but finally there's a time where we got to get on the court and on the field. Now maybe you think you're not ready for that. Maybe you still have some doubts whether Christianity could be true. But I want you to know there is no airtight argument that's going to answer all of your doubts about Christianity or really any belief system. There finally comes a time where you got to leave the bleachers and get on to the court. You got to participate and experience from the inside. And so even if you have some doubts, I want you to consider taking that step. And that's why I love what it says at the end of the book of Matthew. Matthew wrote a biography about Jesus, and after he describes how the disciples had walked with Jesus for three years and heard his teaching, after they witnessed him die and come back to life, and even after he's standing in front of them, still some of them had their doubts. This is what it says. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So even though the resurrected Jesus is right there in front of them, they still had their doubts. And that can happen to all of us. Uh, these also were the, the people he was going to send out as his ambassadors to the world, and they were still struggling. So it's okay if you still struggle. Maybe you think, you know, I know the evidence about Jesus, and I believe he was real, and I, I believe that I have sin and I need a Savior, but there are still some questions that I have. Well, if that's where you're at, I think it might be time for you to start experiencing Christianity from the inside. Maybe it's time for you to consider baptism if you're not baptized already. Maybe it's time for you to learn more about what it means to take the Lord's Supper. Maybe it's time for you to, to start participating and, and praising the Lord and praying to the Lord with the rest of a congregation. And I think when you do those things, you'll, you'll see what, uh, what David meant when he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's some things that you just have to taste and see for yourself, experience for yourself when it comes to knowing who God really is. And so, all this week we've been talking about looking for truth in a post-truth world and we're trying to figure out if Christianity is truth. And this, all this week we've really been looking at Christianity from the bleachers. And now it's time for us to get onto the field and see 
if this God is true by experiencing him, experience it with a congregation. And here's what I think will happen. You'll, you'll see that the Lord is not just good, but he's the truth. Let's pray. Lord God, we believe, many of us believe, and yet we still struggle with unbelief. And so cast away our doubts and lead us in the way you want us to go. In your name we pray, amen.